and welcome to Nitty Gritty Reviews, the movie review podcast that uses a unique grid rating system to celebrate a movie's weaknesses, or celebrate a movie's strengths, <laughs> and uh, talk about its weaknesses. I'm off my game, um, but that's okay. So today we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange. It is Marvel Monday, and uh, this is directed by Scott Derrickson and written by uh, John Spates, Scott Derrickson, and C. Robert Kergel. No clue if I got any of those names right. And it is starring, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I think I got that close to right-ish. Maybe? Okay. And uh, Rachel well, McAdams. as close as we can get. Sounds good. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rachel McAdams, Benedict Mon, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, and Tilda Swinton are the main players. Uh, so, with that very clumsy introduction out of the way, uh, I guess what I usually like to do is talk a little bit about uh, our associations, or expectations, all that good stuff um, at the top. So <laughs> I'm really off my game today. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll start. I This is one of the only Marvel movies that I did not see in theaters. Not because I didn't want to, I just, I don't know, it wasn't on my radar enough, or I, I'm not quite sure what happened there, but uh, it was one that I didn't see in theaters, and then when I finally uh, rented it and saw it at home, I was pleasantly surprised, because I, I, I guess I wasn't expecting to like it, or wasn't sure what to think of it, um, but that's my main backstory. This was only the second time I had seen it, so yeah, not, not much that I have to add there. <laughs> yeah, my story is pretty much the same, because um, I see all these movies with you in theaters, except for this one. Uh, I didn't really have a strong desire to see it because I don't know that much about the character and I don't know, it just kind of looked like they took the Inception special effects and reused that yeah. from the from the clips that I saw when they were advertising it. Um, but then when I did see it, I think that was just before we went to watch uh, Infinity War. Infinity War, I yeah. Think so we wanted to go through and rewatch everything and make sure we saw all of them. I don't think we rewatched everything, but we made sure oh. we got this one. Well, then you can edit that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe we did, and I just forgot that part. I thought it was more of a fill-in-the-gaps kind of thing. Yeah, I guess. Anyways, that's when we saw it, and I was pleasantly surprised. I'm going to be the outlier and say that, yes, I did see this one. <laughs> um, I actually have a streak going, have yet to miss a Marvel movie in theater. Nice. Which is, you know, that's an accomplishment 11 years, or 10 years going now. Yeah, I was very excited when I found out they were making a Doctor Strange movie. Um, that was one of those characters, when I was younger, reading comics, I never really read any Doctor Strange comics, but he was always there. Like, any time okay. the Avengers had to go into another dimension, Doctor Strange was there. Um, you know, he was involved a lot in some of the, uh, the more cosmic aspects of Marvel, which I did read. So, you know, I was definitely familiar with the character and kind of the broad strokes of his paraphernalia like the cloak of levitation and the wand of watum and the eye of agamotto and you know all the the fun trappings of being a comic book wizard <laughs> and uh yeah i was surprised that this was one of their uh, phase three movies yeah. but very excited and i really enjoyed it <clears throat> all so, right yeah i think i've watched it like seven times now but you know, I've got kids, so yeah. <laughs> we rewatch things a lot. Yeah, I hear that's common. <laughs> For sure. Well, I guess before I jump into the grid, I can't believe I forgot this important detail. I forgot to introduce everybody. So I have my uh, 
Tristan. You're going to have a lot of editing to do on this one. <laughs> it's been a while since we've recorded, and I'm, I don't know, getting over a cold. I'm off my game. But we've got Tristan here. We've got Brian here. Uh, I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. All right. So that said, should we jump on into the grid? Let's go for it. All right. So the first category is going to be writing, plot, and genre. Um, and this one, I don't know, I'm a little all over the place with. Uh, do either of you have any any outliers, anything that got a, a particularly high score or a particularly low score, or just anything you want to want to jump off with to get the conversation started? Uh, for me, I gave a really high score to the world building and exposition. I did as well. Oh. The, their concept of magic as being channeling dimensional other dimensional forces versus, you know, I say these words and then this thing happens. Yeah. I think that was a very cool touch and went a long way to giving it some some gravitas to the to the magic doing as opposed to like something like Harry Potter where it's words and then magic happens. Sure, yeah. So I definitely <laughs> like that aspect of it and just the world within a world that they built by showing us the magical side and kind of, you know, give us the preview into the dark dimension, showing that there is more to the Marvel Universe than what is first or what is apparent to the naked eye. I think they did a good job with that. Yeah, they really stepped it up because before this, they introduced Asgard and you're like, whoa, there's another planet. Cool. There's nine <laughs> realms. And then they introduced, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, oh, there's like the whole galaxy. Now they're like, oh, yeah. Also, there's infinite. <laughs> yeah. There's not. I don't really know where they're going to go from here, though. <laughs> infinite <clears throat> multiverses, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with with all of that. Um, I did think it was interesting going into it when I first heard that they were going to do a Doctor Strange. And I kind of did the obligatory, I guess I'll look at Wikipedia because I don't know anything about this character <laughs> thing. And it's kind of like, how are they going to introduce magic? I mean, they, you know, like you said, there's kind of like you've got Asgard and it's like not quite magic, but it's different. And It's called the Odin Force, according to Wikipedia. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. So you've got that. But I wasn't sure, like I was skeptical how they were going to integrate magic into right. the MCU. Because one of the things I like so much about the MCU is that like it's pretty realistic-ish. It just takes, you know, at, I mean like we've talked about a lot in Iron Man where it's like, okay, this is, this is our world. There's just a superhero that exists in it. And then kind of gets a little more outlandish, a little more outlandish. And now we have Doctor Strange. Uh, but it was a good buildup. I think they pulled it off really well. Yeah, I think... One thing that is to the credit of the, the entire of it, entirety of the MCU is for being a framework built on giant monsters and flying people and magic portals, it still manages to feel grounded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Were there any uh, low scores for anyone? I actually, I only gave character <coughs> outer goals a five. Uh, which is by far my lowest for for this category, mostly because like I didn't go lower than than a five. Like I felt like it it met my expectations. Everybody had outer goals; they were defined well enough. But it nothing really like it's like oh that's really compelling or oh that was explained really well or oh that was really there was a lot of depth to that. It was just like my hands don't work, <laughs> which which I get it. I would be bad too, but. <laughs> it's pretty surface level, so I didn't feel like I could go much higher than that. So that was my lowest. I mean, yeah, the, 
my hands don't work is a is a very shorthand way to say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, more than anything, the his ability to be a world class surgeon informed the entirety of his personality. You know that sure, yeah. yeah but before yeah. the accident, he was this arrogant jackass whose only redeeming quality was an encyclopedic knowledge of 70s rock. And even that is not that <laughs> redeeming. Um, but, you know, he was able to, to bring people back from the brink of death with his hands, and losing that, he became lost. So, yeah, I, I think that, that, yes, my hands don't work and I want them to work. Absolutely true. They could have yeah. done a better job of, of depicting, you know, his, his turmoil and having that reflect on his outer goals. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think it is also a little bit deeper than that. But a lot of that is also, I'm trying to think of how to say this. They, they often say, you know, show, don't tell. They could have done a better job in that. Yeah. In showing the, the drive that was pushing him to seek yeah. help. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. He did look good with the shaggy hair and the beard. He's <laughs> like, yeah. Rag him up and cheek. <laughs> That's what I go for. Yeah, it hits chin, so. yeah I gave uh, outer goals and plot structure. Uh, I don't know if it meets expectations or exceeds expectations, both of those. Uh, I still haven't quite made up my mind yet, but those are my lowest scores. What did you rate them? I keep changing from a 5 to a 7. Yeah. Neither one of those really feels right. You could do a 6. That's crazy. <laughs> It is in between. <laughs> um, I ended up with uh, plot and outer goals both in like this six and a half-ish range. Okay. Um, you know, they, they definitely met my expectations in a positive way. But being an origin story, it is kind of, there's a lot of the same story beats that you would be able to interchange with most other heroes yeah. just by changing, you know, the, the proper nouns. Yeah, that's one of the things that I... Also thought, and I'm not really sure which category it belongs under, but we've seen so many like ensemble movies by this point that it's kind of weird to have like, oh, it's a story about this guy, one guy, basically. And I think that you, I don't know if a simpler story structure is what happens, but a, a more, a less unique one, I guess. Well, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely an origin story, which we don't get a lot of at this stage of the game. Right. Like, that's, that's phase one stuff. But this is something so new with such a new character and introducing all of these new elements that I don't know how else they could have gone about it. But that did affect my score as well, where I'm just like, oh, this is a pretty basic origin story. But that said, I gave... My hands! <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I gave plot structure a seven... Uh, but then I gave genre cliches, tropes, and twists an eight, which actually, the more I think about it, I probably should have reversed those, but the score would end up the same anyway. Because um, I do think, even though it is such a simple, basic, like, okay, yes, this is an origin story, I think the fact that it's an origin story within the MCU that introduces magic, like, it's doing a lot that's different, but then at the same time, it's it's only different within the MCU. It's not different in general. It's... Okay. Pretty basic. So, I don't know. I kind of went back and forth with that as well. But still gave pretty high scores. Uh, just because I think they pulled it off so well. Yeah, I gave uh, genre cliches, tropes, and twists an 8.76. Very specific, um, as usual. Yeah. 
I like my decimal places. <laughs> um, yeah, just the being able to give us the the MCU version of the magic world, and you know the different sorcerers and the different magics and all of these magical tomes, and then and I mean, really, that when you talk about twists, the the subversion of the giant climactic battle, you know, that you would expect. Yeah, that kind of happened. But in the end, Dormammu was defeated via boredom. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the potential to be trapped in this time <laughs> just infinitely killing Doctor Strange just over and over and over and over and over. He's like, no, that sounds boring as shit. <laughs> I will leave your plane of existence alone. <laughs> I, I love that aspect of it. Yeah, that is yeah. great. Yeah, I always like when uh, the villain is defeated by you know someone being smart or yeah by cleverness. Yeah, that was pretty clever and boring for him, <laughs> <laughs> especially someone who's used to being like some sort of timeless, all-powerful being. Yes. Yeah, the the plot was just achingly generic in some cases, like in some pieces of it. Uh, I know we discussed that, but it's just something to <laughs> to come back to is yeah. Uh, at the same time, what more could they have done? To give us an origin story that gives us who he was before the accident, who he was post-accident, and who he becomes on his his hero's journey of realizing that his life has a higher purpose and more value than just poking around in people's brains. Yeah. And he actually learns to learns his place in the world and becomes less self-centered. Yeah, makes sense. I, I don't know why I felt like I had to bring that. Up. <laughs> <laughs> It was a solid point. All right, so what was everybody's final scores then for plot and genre? My total for plot and genre came out to 7.4. All right. 7.72. All right, we're all in a, just about the same range, 7.3 for me. All right, so then that's going to bring us to writing characters. Uh, I guess I'll start off with the same question. Any outliers for either uh, something that got lower than everything else or something that was higher than everything else for either of you? Mine are kind of all over the place again for this one. Uh, for me, likability got a higher score. Everything else is kind of in the same range. It's fair. I think, uh, yeah, all, all the characters were likable in their own way without being outright caricatures. You know, yeah. the, the ancient one, you know, Tilda Swinton gave it this this sense of, of quiet power, um, but she also was kind of impish in some ways, you know, you could see some, some mischief in her eyes, but she, being centuries old, I think that you would have no choice but to keep yourself entertained. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but all the characters were very likable without without feeling like parodies. And I think that was uh, a good thing. I, I would say the only person that I was kind of like, eh, whatever, was uh, Dr. Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, she's just kind of there. She's just there. She's there to be the obligatory love interest. And then there's not even like... A love story there. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, they used to date. Yeah. Tension. It's like, not really. Like, why is she there? Yeah. It's... And I like Rachel McAdams a lot, but I was like, I, I, don't, I don't care. She's kind of wasted on the role. She's completely wasted on the role. I mean, I guess this is dipping a little bit more into the next category, <laughs> but as far as character <laughs> likability and everything goes, like... Like, she yeah. was just there to be comedic relief, but then it didn't fit the rest of the movie. Like, there was a lot of tonal issues I had with that character where she's just like oh I'm gonna jump at everything and be all weirded out because this is weird stuff and I'm like yeah it is weird stuff but I don't think that's how I would read like that 
would anybody react? Would be like, oh, weird. I was startled for a second, but I got used to that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was weird how, how quickly she was like, oh, okay, I guess you can do this now. That's right. cool. You probably read that in like uh, a medical book or something. Why can I see through your body and also it's sticking out of midair while I'm holding your body? Why? What? Why? Yeah. But I also gave uh, character-like ability for me was an 8.5, which probably would have been into the 9 area, either a 9 or a 9.5, if it wasn't for uh, that character. She kind of lowered it for me. Mm-hmm. I did give, for uh, all the, uh, the issues I had with the, the seeming simplicity of the my hands don't work plot line, <laughs> I did give character arcs. Uh, well, I still only gave it a 7.5. I thought I gave it a little bit higher, but that's still in the exceeds expectations range. Because I did think that the character arc for Doctor Strange was pretty solid. Not as good as it could have been, but definitely made up for some of the... Jackassery. The, the jackassery, for sure, and the uh, lack of development with the outer goals, maybe, or the lack of depth is maybe the better word I'm looking for. No, in the end, he put some gloves on his hands. <laughs> he so didn't use magic. <laughs> he didn't use magic. He put on his signature yellow gloves. <laughs> I mean, use magic to fix his hands, I should say. Yeah, I missed that part. Yeah, I got uh, fives and sevens for everything in this category. um, Even character-like ability? That one got a seven. Okay. They're just kind of, you know, he's like the self-centered jackass who is good at his job, and then he gives up his job and becomes less self-centered of a jackass. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You prefer Tony Stark, who just remains the jackass? I suppose I do. <laughs> According to the grid, yes, I do. I don't think you're wrong. I think I do, too. It's just funny. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other character arcs. I mean, Kaiselius is the bad guy who never really sees his anyone else's point of view. He just... Yeah. He is one-dimensional in his motivations in that sense. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't really have an arc. Uh, Mordo, I think, does have an interesting arc. And it also kind of shows the, you know, his rigidity in in following the rules. You know, when he gets so right. angry that uh, Strange is messing around with these the the uh, tome of Cogliostro, and we're not supposed to do this. This is forbidden. This is forbidden. And then when he finds out that the Ancient One has been drawing power from the Dark Dimension, he's just shell shocked, and he's yeah. like, oh, and viscerally betrayed. And I think that even with the the stinger at the very end of the movie where he ends up going back to um, find the guy that uses magic to make his legs work and ends up taking that magic away and he kind of sets him on the path of destroying magic. So I'm really excited to see what they would do with the character um, with the inevitable number two. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that character. I think that character arc is the best out of all of them in this movie. Yeah, because that seems like an interesting, you know, I'm an interesting villain. Someone who's not just evil for the sake of being evil. It's their own rigidity that causes them to, to view themselves as uh, the vigilante or, or whatever. That's a good point. I'm actually going to raise my character arc score. Because I kind of already thought 7.5 was a little bit too low. And then I forgot about his arc. So I'm going to go from a 7.5 to an 8.5. Because those are all good points. And I agree. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right, what was our final scores then for writing well, characters? We didn't really cover oh. dialogue, but at the same time, do we need to? Yeah, I and think that, that one... 
<laughs> I gave it a high score, and then I'm like, but I don't even have anything to talk about. Was it really that? Like, I gave it an 8.5, but what did, I don't know. That might be too generous, because... Yeah, I, I ended up giving it a uh, 7.56. Um, okay. I mean, that's honestly a little higher than it would be if they didn't have all the... You know the magicy words. Yeah, I think and that's like the, the X yeah. of X and all the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but the uh, overall dialogue, it's you know, it's fine. Yeah. There wasn't anything glaringly bad in any of that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of what I come to expect from the MCU. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it's kind of bantery. There's some some heavier, more dramatic moments. But in the end, there's nothing too extraordinary about it. That's fair. It's not bad by any means. No. I like the Ancient Ones dialogue. I think that was a big boost for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's got some good lines. Yeah. But... That and I love that inner, uh, <laughs> the exchange when uh, Strange meets Kaiselius for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Master Doctor? <laughs> it's Strange. <laughs> yes, I would say so. <laughs> That was pretty silly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it was great because it was, it was played in such a straight fashion that, that you could just see that he's like, all right, that's weird, whatever. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go back to destroying this place now. <laughs> uh, so what was everybody's final scores then, unless there's anything to add? Uh, I think I got the low score on this one with 5.8. Ooh, certainly lower than me. I ended up with a 7.92. All right, I'm right in the middle of 7.1 for me. All right, so then that's going to bring us to acting and casting, which I think is going to be an interesting one to talk about for this movie. Um, I guess, I guess, same question as usual. Any outliers or any any topics we should talk about first? Um, yeah, the extras and tertiary characters just kind of felt like uh, props. They they were wallpaper, which is fine. But even the uh, Kaiselius's goons, they just were generic magic thugs. Like I look angry. Yeah. Ah, none of them had any real presence. That's fair. Um, the other students at the uh, <coughs> Camartage w- would fall into the same kind of category. Absolutely. You know, they're, they're there so that it's not just Doctor Strange there. Yeah. Learning stuff. It's like, oh, there's a bunch of people training to be sorcerers. That's fair. I gave, I gave that category a five still, which is probably a little bit too high because I, I thought Pretty much right along those same lines. I did give... I'll try. I'm, I'm not going to like dwell on this for too long because I know people have strong feelings one way or the other. I gave casting secondary characters only a four, which... Wow. I, I didn't go... I, that's, still, that's the low end of meets expectations. I just felt... And I did consider basically everybody who's a main character besides Doctor Strange as secondary because it's really his movie and then everyone else kind of falls under that. So it was a combination of Rachel McAdams as a random throwaway kind of love story, not like, why would you cast her as that? That was a big part of it. And then the Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One, which I have such conflicted feelings on because I do think she does a fantastic part in the role. Like, I, I like her... I just would have liked to see an Asian person in the role. And I know, I don't know, I go back and forth. Because in the comic books, it, very racist stereotype. Yeah, but considering <laughs> the, the character niche that the, that the Ancient One is going to fill, I think 
almost any Asian character is going to be very close to being a, a and end up being an indelicate stereotype. I don't fill in that role. I I think that I don't think that's I mean I I think the line is very narrow and fine there. That's fair. That's completely fair. I just feel like if they just had the same exact dialogue that they had for the Tilda Swinton character, yeah. I th- I think they could have pulled it off. I think it was a safe move, and I think they could have done better. I, but I get it, and I like Tilda Swinton, which is why I still kept it in the meets expectations range. I didn't want to ding it too much. I don't think it's an awful movie. I'm not going to never watch it again. I didn't boycott. Like, I'm not going to that extreme. Yeah. I just think they could have done better. That's all. Yeah. So that's... But it lost points for that? Uh, yeah, I guess it did. I guess a five would be... Well, yeah, I guess it probably lost about half a point for that and half a point for Rachel McAdams, if we're considering a five neutral. Because I thought you gave a point for having uh, Idris Elba play Heimdall, and Heimdall was a white guy. Well, yeah, because he was Norse. Yeah. And they were all white guys. <laughs> Except for Heimdall. He's got you. I don't know. You need to go back and listen to that episode? No, I definitely said that. I don't, know. I don't understand what the rules are for that. Like, when you can and can't change I think it's, it's like it's so. I think this is a very specific instance where the reason for changing it is my problem. It's not that they changed it. It's that the change was like, well, we don't want to have a racist stereotype, so let's just not even try. When it's like, why don't you just try not being racist? Casting like, an Asian as some ancient guru, I guarantee people will be offended by that. Which was the point I was trying to make. Which I, I, which I agree with, but... I don't think you can do that in a way that's... That a significant number of people will see as racist no matter what they say, no matter what they do. I didn't ding it too much. I didn't boycott the movie. I'm just saying I think they could have done better. I'm not trying to make a big deal of it because I know it's been discussed to death in other places and I knew neither of you would agree with me. (laughs) But that's, I'm just saying my piece. That's why I gave it just a four, which is still meets expectations. And some of that low score is for (laughs) Rachel McAdams, who I do like, just not in this role. Yeah, I, I said I, my piece. I think, <laughs> I think the only thing she did was be a person who wasn't part of this magic world. Like right, and I don't know why they had to, like... All. And I don't know why they had to pick, like, the ultimate, like, romantic, comedy-ish movie-type person to be, like... She was in the notebook, for crying out loud. Right, that's basically what... They're like, okay, like, she's gonna have a really small part, so we gotta make sure people are gonna understand their sexual tension. Who can we cast? <laughs> Rachel McAdams like that's that's all it was and it's like why didn't they just make it like a buddy thing like why couldn't like it's it's almost more they included her so that dudes bringing their girlfriends that don't like comic book movies be like well Rachel McAdams is in it (laughs) and then they'd be like I did like the notebook (laughs) okay let's go see it well that was my really my biggest thing with an acting I gave everything else pretty high scores it was just the the extras and the casting secondary characters didn't get very good scores. Um, but everything else was pretty solid. I don't really have anything anything to add. How about either of you? Um, I gave a... I, I think that the casting of Doctor Strange, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as that character, Yeah. When, when I first heard that he had been picked, I was like, yes, okay, put a goatee on him to cover <laughs> up that chin, and then yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, he's just got that, that lithe kind of tall, lanky profile that, that lends itself well to the character. Because, yeah. you know, he's not about being physically imposing. And 
and you know it's not a, a character that's known for feats of physical strength or endurance and stuff like that. It's all about being clever, sometimes in ways that that are unexpected. And I think that he played that aspect of the character. He plays a smart guy very well. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> and can pull off that kind of ridiculous hairstyle and facial hair. Yeah. It's it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think seeing anyone with that, that pencil-thin goatee all the way around on the screen <laughs> would be like, you look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but on Doctor Strange, you're like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, I buy it. Dig it. Makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's trying to think of, of more of the, the actors and things they had to do. Um, I kind of want to ask Google Assistant to how do you pronounce Chudawale uh, Adetafor? So, Baron Mordo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that he was a, a good pick as well. And the, yeah. the physicality he brought to the role. I mean... In many ways, it is the same character that he played in, Fire, or, uh, in Serenity. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it, it lended some, some power to the role that, you know, he is, is very strong and confident and, you know, knows this world that, that Strange is entering. So it kind of guides him through it. Um, I think that he did a good job with the role as, you know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> kind of character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like... Uh, Mads Mikkelsen didn't really have a whole lot to do other than look menacing, so I think that was a, a missed opportunity there. But he does have he does quiet menace very well. All right. Well, is there anything else uh, we should add for this category or give our total scores? Uh, I did like that the fight scenes were interesting. It's not just people running around shooting each other. Uh, it's not all hand to hand, although I guess it's, I it's know, like melee staff. combat. Yeah. Uh, I always find that more interesting, and they did interesting things with like running down a hallway that's spinning and rotating in different directions at different sections, and a lot of interesting stuff going on. Absolutely. So I like that. Do you think that the uh, the acting plays a big part in that, or was it more the the camera work and the special effects, or a combination of all three? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to consult some of your filmmaking books. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that the the physicality of the of the performances were refined. I mean, the, considering how fantastical a lot of these battles were, there's only so much of that that is, you know, live action meet humans. You know, definitely on some of the, the bigger scenes, you know, on the sides of folding buildings and such. You know, yeah. I think that's definitely more in the, the special effects realm. But, I mean, they could all, all take a magical punch, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, they sold it well. Fair enough. All right, well, what was everybody's final scores then, unless there's anything else we want to add? I ended up with a 7.92. Acting and casting, I got a 6.2. All right, right in the middle again for me, 6.6. All right, so that's going to bring us to cinematography lighting. And I should say, right off the bat, I have almost nothing to say for either of the cinematography categories. I thought it was fine. I guess I'll just say right off the bat, I gave 5.99 down the line. For lighting, like I thought everything looked really nice, wow. but I couldn't really say that it, specifically for a Marvel movie, I was like, does this really exceed my expectations? And I couldn't really say that it did. Uh, so even though I thought everything looked really good, and if it wasn't in the MC, like if it was just some random comic book movie, I would probably give it higher than that, like probably closer to a seven-ish. 
but it is a Marvel movie, and there's a higher standard, I think, at least for me, for Marvel movies. So I just went 5.99 down the line, the very highest I can give, and still be in meets expectations. Wow. Yeah. We have different opinions on this. Uh, I want to hear it. I gave it two tens. Wow. Okay. I gave it one ten. All right. I guess I'm a sourpuss. Or so I think that was the first time in my life I've ever used the phrase sourpuss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that word just came out of my mouth. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm interested <laughs> on this one. Okay, well, let's hear it. Prove me wrong. So this one, for me, this category is always kind of hard because it overlaps with like the sets and the, the other aesthetics. Uh, and I also kind of throw in like color and color schemes with this. That's fair. And I justify it by saying color is photons and light, so... I'm going to bump it in with that. Yeah? Yeah, I, uh, I really liked that there were so many scenes that had lights that were in the scene. Uh, there were practical lighting in the scene. And then there's also uh, quite a few places that have like shafts of light through settling dust and stuff like that. And it kind of reminded me of X-Files. Didn't go as far as X-Files goes sometimes. But I really like that. And I really like the, the color schemes, um, especially Doctor Strange's costume, outfit, outfit. Uniform. Uniform. His magic clothes. Yeah, there you go. Magic clothes. Perfect. <laughs> His magic and get up. Uh, I really like that. Those bright, bold comic book colors. And I like how everyone's outfit outfits were slightly different. Even the ancient one had like the same pattern on, on her clothing, even though it was different colors each time she showed up. She goes through a lot of wardrobes in this movie. Uh, yeah. A lot of the same wardrobe, but like different colors. Yeah. Yeah, she had that, like... Like, almost makes you wonder, did she, you know, channel some other dimensional force to just change the dye? (laughs) Um, Or she's like Vision, just running around naked with (laughs) clothing on. (laughs) Now you've just got me thinking about Vision in his street clothes again. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and then it's over. Uh, It's over. Um, so yeah, I, I gave it high scores for that, and I really liked that the other dimension had a completely different look. It had like bright, vibrant neon lights everywhere, and the, the, the dark universe. Yeah, the dark dimension. Dark dimension, yeah. Yeah, I think that the, even in the, the big street battle scene in Hong Kong, um, you know, there's a lot of realistic lighting sources there that you would right. expect to see in those areas. You know, there's the, the neon overhead kind of leeching down into the city and there's fluorescent lights and all of the stalls and then you know the, the windows of the uh sanctum are, are lit from within this beautiful kind of you know warm glow I, I think they did a good job of using the lighting and the color to to paint a more vivid picture of the world around it was it realistic in the sense of you know yes that looks you know i expect Kathmandu to look like that Really, I expect it to smell like dust and pee, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think they, they did a good job of, of using that to, to really sell. It, it was, the, the lighting was used to embellish the world around it, and it was, uh, the, the otherworldly scenes were just beautiful. Like he's saying with the yeah. dark dimension, you know, there's a lot of dark purples and real deep blacks with highlights of neon fungus stuff, or... Uh, you know, in the sequence in which Doctor Strange en- ends up getting pulled through all these layers of dimension on a, a magical mystery tour through through the cosmos, the the variety that you saw, in yeah, that, and the use of color was really cool. Fair I, I also uh, really liked that this this movie had shadows in it. 
And a lot of these Marvel movies, especially the ones that are more action oriented, everything is like evenly lit. It's not not as bad as like the the, the sitcom lighting. Yeah. But it's it's they're usually pretty evenly lit, and this one has a lot more of like the background kind of fades into the background because it's less well lit. That's fair. Keeping my scores as they are, but all good points. <laughs> you haven't changed my mind, but I no. recognize your opinion. I'll, 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 and you're right to have one. I'll pay better attention next time I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much all I've got to say about cinematography lighting. All right. Uh, what was everybody's final scores then, unless, Tristan, you have anything to add? I will add that mine is probably the highest with 9.0 outstanding. Wow. 9.04. Wow. Uh, I, you and your decimals. I am a sourpuss. I've got my 5.9, <laughs> or 5.99, I guess it is. Um... All right, so then that's going to bring us to cinematography camera work. And I feel like I am, uh, this is going to be a similar conversation as last time, because I did the same exact thing where I gave 5.99 down the line. I, everything looked really good. It did nice things. It was pretty to look at. Um, but within the, the context of the MCU, I just wasn't sure I could say that it exceeded my expectations for an MCU movie, which really, I think both of these categories, I should specify, I probably should have said this in the last category, but I think it really just speaks to how high my expectations are for the MCU as opposed to, to yeah. the quality of the cinematography in general. Because uh, I didn't disagree with anything you said in the last category. And I have a feeling you're going to have higher scores, both of you, than me on this one again. And I, I, don't, I doubt I will disagree with you here either. But I'm probably not going to change my scores either. So that's, that's pretty much my opinion <laughs> with this one. <laughs> Yeah, I gave some really high scores on this too. The the camera work they had in the the fight scenes, especially the slight tweaking of perspective that just accentuated, you know, like when the the buildings are twisting around uh, in the the opening fight scene between the ancient one and Caecilius and his his followers, you know, as they go from where the street is the ground and now the side of the building is the ground, but the the camera took time to, to twist around oh, yeah. to agree with that, which yeah. just accentuated the, the oddity of them fighting perpendicular to the ground as though they weren't fighting gravity. You know, it was just, this is our floor now. Yeah. Um, and then as that scene progressed, you know, the, the camera slowly kind of adjusted to accept that as, you know, the, this is now the ground. So it, it was even with the action again, and then kind of reversed that as it switched around. And the, I, I just think it was a, a very fun way to kind of accentuate the feeling of changed perspective. That's fair. Yeah, and there was just some, some really great shots. A lot of it was, you know, can be pinned on the special effects, but I, I think the taking it as a, you know, painting a picture, that the, the camera work was really neat in a lot of the, the scenes, especially especially the action scenes. Like yeah. um, when they're defending the New York Sanctum, you know, kind of comes up over their shoulders and then looks down the stairs and you see uh, Kaiselius and his followers getting ready to, to destroy the place. And then as uh, Mordo and Strange go to, you know, attack to, to interrupt them, the camera switches around to where it's above the foyer, like looking down, and so you can see um, Mordo using his uh, magic boots, yeah, to kind of you know <laughs> skip through the air around the side, and it was just a, a fun kind of like snap 
in perspective that that made things exciting. Yeah, and you could see what was going on, and I I think this movie more than some Marvel movies did a good job of keeping the action in focus, but not in a boring way. And That's there, fair. There wasn't like a whole lot of smash cuts and you know kind of. Oh my goodness! All this is going on in this frame right now. I, I, you know, having to watch through a scene multiple times to see what all the different characters are doing, like the like the airport scene in Civil War. Yeah. Um, which, for what it was, I you know loved those scenes, but at the same time, it was nice to see that they can also do this. They being the you know the MCU. I know each director kind of has their own take on things and and how they want things to look but um yeah i think the camera work was was outstanding fair enough in my opinion yeah i I agree with a lot of that especially uh with the fight scenes how the camera angle would change or it would zoom out or zoom in uh it kind of reminded me a bit of uh, a video game especially if you have like two players or something how the camera will zoom out to make sure every everything's on uh, on the screen yeah (laughs) <laughs> Although this camera didn't get stuck behind a wall and make you die, so <laughs> have one character just running against an invisible barrier, like, come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, in this movie that might have worked. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh so I really like that. There were quite a few times where it did like that I forgot what it's called, but that perspective thing where like you move the camera in but you zoom out at the same time. Oh, yeah, I, I, don't, I always forget what that's called, too. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that thing where it goes, woo! <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how much of that was, like, practical camera work and how much was CGI, but I'm guessing, like, the, the hallway or whatever was real. They just gussied it up. <laughs> Both talking like old fogies. Yeah. <laughs> you're gussing things up, and I'm sour puss. <laughs> Sorry, that's not the point of what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to say sourpuss for the third time. Uh, the lowest one I gave was for composition. Um, there was only one or two scenes that seemed like superhero moments. There was the one where Doctor Strange gets thrown over the uh, like the, the staircase railing, and then the cape flies after him, and then he just like levitates up. Like a badass. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And there was a couple, maybe there was one fight scene where the main bad guy like got knocked down and he did that thing where you like look up slowly and you have your badass mascara on and Yeah. <laughs> super goth. <laughs> <laughs> um but there there wasn't very much of that. Uh there wasn't very much interesting, like, still camera work. There was a lot of neat stuff where it was, like, moving around while time was stopped. Very cool. But there wasn't, like, any composition that I that stood out to me. So that was my lowest score. Okay, that's fair. All right, well, is there anything else either of you would like to add for cinematography camera work, or should we give our total scores? Um, I think I'm good. And I ended up with a 9.70. Wow, I'm so much lower than that, my uh, 5.99. How about you, Tristan? For camera work, I got 8.6. All right, I guess I need to watch this movie again and pay better attention and see if I change my mind, but we'll see. (laughs) 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 So the next category, then, is going to be editing and special effects. Um, And I guess the best way to do this, or at least the way I'm going to choose to do it, is to hold off on talking about special effects 
because I have a feeling that is going to take up the bulk of the conversation. For, for all four of the categories, not including special effects, I gave sevens and eights, um, or between a seven and an eight, I should say. I thought everything was really well done. I thought the, uh, especially like the action scenes and all of that, like it easily could have been boring, but they got the, like everything looked natural with the movement and the pace felt good. Like I, I, th- I thought the editing was pretty good overall. I don't really have anything specific to add, but those are kind of my general thoughts. Yeah, I, I think the, like I said earlier, the, the editing in the action sequences in this one, I appreciated because it wasn't as frenetic as can happen. It yeah. doesn't, you know, it wasn't, didn't have my head spinning and like, I, I don't know what the F is going on right now, but it looks cool, yeah? This, this the, the editing did a good job of, of keeping that uh, continuity and pace and movement within frame and... Yeah. Mainly, I just wanted to just use a whole bunch of the category titles. In one <laughs> <laughs> you did it well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, it was not distracting, and it did its job well. I think. Fair um, enough. You know, all of the character movements felt natural and not forced. You know, and that they seemed appropriate. Um, I know the. I remember reading around the time the movie came out, all like the little finger uh, positions. They actually hired a, a guy who was known for finger tutting, which apparently is just dancing with gang signs. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they actually ha- had him come in and, uh, and kind of formulate the different hand gestures that they used for the different magic spells. So yeah, they actually came up with something that had an internal consistency and logic to it. It's neat. Yeah, it was neat. That guy's parents, so like proud. his whole life, they're like... So proud. <laughs> his whole life, they're like, why are you finger tapping? You're wasting your life. Like, I'll show you, Mom. Look at me now, Dad. <laughs> I made magic. <laughs> All right, well, that aside, <laughs> yes. uh, should we jump into the special effects then? Damn right. Uh, who wants to start, I guess? They were good. Outstanding. I gave them a 10. I did as well. Uh, yeah, me too. Just all the, the different the different bits of special effects. Like the, you know, going into the, the mirror dimension, how the, you know, they just kind of throw their hand forward and all of a sudden, oh, hey, there's cracks in reality in front of them and then kind of folds outwards and all of the, the transmogrification of... The ground around them, you know, when they're splitting the staircase open or in the opening scene where they're twisting buildings around. And to me, it felt like it, considering they were going with that concept, it very easily could have felt like it was cribbing from... Uh, Inception? Inception, yes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I felt it was, was different enough and, and just so cool. Fair enough. Yeah, that was really neat. And I, I liked the, uh, the energy things that they formed and the weapons that they had. That had a really neat look to it and it was very well done. And the, the other dimension? Why do I keep forgetting? The mirror dimension? Or the, the dark, dark dimension? dimension? Why, yeah. do, why do I, why am I having a hard time remembering that? The dark it's just dimension. Too dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the dark dimension was uh, really different, really cool. Yeah, there was a lot of special effects and I think they were all pretty good. Nothing, yeah. nothing was bad at all. Fair enough. I can't disagree with anything you just said, which is why I gave, uh, also gave it a 10. 
I was definitely worried going into it that it was going to be too much like Inception. And there were, yeah. especially the opening scene, I'm kind of like, okay, this is a little concerning. But then I was like, yeah, but it looks so cool and it's got its own personality and they do their own things with it. And This was much more uh, like a kaleidoscope. Yeah. Especially when there's that uh, boss battle. <laughs> when that like battlefield forms out of nothing and then like these things are rotating around. And yeah. Very kaleidoscope. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, should we give our totals for editing special effects then? Or is there anything else to add? Let's go for it. All right. What were your totals? Uh, I ended up with a 9.85. All right. How about you, Tristan? Got an 8. All right. 8.1 for me. Right? Right in the middle with most of these. Uh, so then that's going to bring us to sound. So mine are all pretty much in the same, uh, right in the same score range for this. So no outliers for me. Uh, but is there anything for either of you that either uh, stood out for being not as good or better than anything else? Or uh, just anything you want to start with? Can we talk about that score? Yeah. <laughs> and how I cannot for the life of me think of what it sounds like. It reminds me, this is very, very specific. I think it's just, it's got like a similar gothic kind of feel. It reminds me, there's an X-Files episode, a Christmas X-Files episode, yeah, the, the Ghosts of Christmas one. Past, is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah, it's got that kind of a score. I think, what instrument is that? I'm harpsichord. It's a harpsichord. That's the main one, which yeah. you never hear anywhere else. Yeah. So that one episode of X-Files and Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird to hear a harpsichord. I love it. Movie. Why is it not more frequently used? The only, I don't know, the only other movie I can think of that has a harpsichord is uh, Amadeus. Okay. Which makes sense, because, yeah. But uh, the soundtrack overall really reminded me of a PlayStation 1 game, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. For sure. I'll take, I I'll take your I'll take your words for that, because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it sounds like this movie. Yeah, pretty much. All right. It has like a weird mix of like some like modern electric guitar and lots of harpsichord and like calming moments and kind of ramps it up a bit. It's got a lot going on, just yeah. like this movie. All right. And this movie has a Pink Floyd song in it. You do like your Pink Floyd. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it also had Chuck Mangione. Yeah. The flugelhorn. It's all over the place. <laughs> For some reason, the Marvel movies usually don't have songs in them. Yeah. That's pretty much Guardians of the Galaxy. And, uh, Thor Ragnarok did. Uh, Iron Man had a few. Iron Man yeah. has a Mainly couple. Mainly ACDC. Not, yeah. Black Sabbath's Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think that this score was more memorable than most based on the instrumentation. Oh, yeah. yeah, which was cool. This is one that I'd actually listen to. So, I mean, most Marvel scores, you could just kind of remix them and mix them around and they would have the same effect. Right. Yeah. This, was, this was off enough that. Yeah, definitely unique. As far as the, the overall sound mix, not as bad as I would expect from a Marvel movie. Fair, <laughs> fair. Because usually, as we said before, you know, it's like the action scenes are so overpowering and so bombastic and <laughs> then yeah. the quiet scenes, you know, by comparison are just way too quiet. I think that they're starting to get closer to figuring out the balance. For yeah, that's fair. I had similar thoughts. I mean, the, the sound design of the the use of magic was yeah. cool. You know, how as they would enter the mirror dimension, it was like the, the crinkle and crackle of, of breaking glass. Um, and then throughout, there's this kind of pervasive hum below everything else. 
and uh, the the sizzle and snap of when they're doing magic, like the you know using the sling ring to open up a portal or conjuring any of their magical weapons that that yeah that fierce fiery kind of crackle yeah so it was was really cool. I agree. That's definitely something that Marvel movies have always been good as like each character has kind of their own sound effect, and then with this one, it's like a whole. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is a, a variety of similar sounding sound mm. effects that all work together and it's, it's its own thing, but they're each unique from each other and really off my game today. I can't form <laughs> coherent thoughts apparently, but words is hard. <laughs> but I agree, I guess is what I'm saying. How about you, Tristan? Anything? Well, I guess you already said a lot. Uh, well, one thing that bumped up the storytelling was the music that they played during his like cosmic trip. Yeah. That was the Pink Floyd song. I figured. Interstellar Overdrive. It was a good choice. I saw you get your iPod out and noted as soon as it played. <laughs> yep. All right, what were your final scores? Well, I'm sure I got the high score, so I'll let other people go first. 7.28. All right, 8.2 for me. 9.8. Wow. Damn. That was really high. You sure you don't have more to add? Uh, there's a there's a Pink Floyd <laughs> Yeah, those are my notes. Pink Floyd and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. <laughs> I mean, I get why the score got such a high cap. Or I get why the score and soundtrack got such a high score, I guess is what I was trying to say there. And I get why storytelling would be affected by that. But the others all got super high scores, too. And uh, sound effects got a 10 because, you know, the different magics fair. have their use. Uh, like Brian said, the uh, that plasma stuff that they do when they're making weapons and stuff sounded like some sort of high-energy plasma or something. Um, uh, overall sound design got a 10 because Pink Floyd. Yeah. No, I don't know why. <laughs> I just gave it a 10 because it, so everything went to, uh, fit together so well. And then overall sound mix got a 9 because it is outstanding compared to other Marvel movies. All right. It's a little generous, but thank you for explaining. I really don't like the sound mix in most... It's mostly just movies. the Captain America ones, though. The others are mostly fine. Mostly. <laughs> uh, all right, then. Uh, the next category is going to be aesthetics. Always a fun one for Marvel movies. I will say there is one thing that got lower than everything else for me, and I'm trying... Oh, I remember why. I was like, I know it was for a specific reason. Uh, makeup, for me, I only gave a 5.5 out of 10. I wasn't a big fan of the villains and their glitter eyes. <laughs> I thought they looked a little silly. If they had just been like all black, it was the purple. It just looked like they had purple glitter. And then like the cool black stuff around the purple glitter. And some, of the, some of the later scenes as they get, you know, closer shots of it, you can see how it's kind of sunken in. As though like part of their eye flesh has been charred away and leaves behind this, you know, this purple glitter. Um, yeah. I think once you see more of the dark dimension, it kind of, you're like, oh, yeah. that's why I look purple. I suppose. It wasn't just a fashion statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could have just gone a little darker purple, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't love it. But I thought the wound makeup and stuff throughout was good. It was really just that, that I was like, eh. Yeah. So that's really my main, or my only complaint, really, with any of the aesthetics. Yeah. I, I think it would have been cool with the, specifically the eye makeup. I mean, it. They did it a little bit. I think having more of an evolution to it throughout would have would have been more fun because when it when it first happens, when they do the incantation and invoke the power of Dormammu and 
it all kind of, you know, the grayness starts spreading around their eyes. And it doesn't turn purple yet. But yeah. then when you see it again, it's kind of all purpley. I think having a more dramatic shift throughout, like, a, a shorter time frame of scenes. Because there's several scenes where they don't change. Yeah, and then by the end, there's a there's a big change. I think having more of a, a gradation in in the style of the makeup throughout the run of the movie would have would have shown that they were being more and more corrupted by the the power of the dark dimension. That's fair. And kind of you know at the end when they're getting sucked up into the the portal and they're actually changing into mindless ones and like you know it just kind of spreads out over their whole head and their eyes become you know monocular red orbs and i liked it (laughs) fair enough (laughs) could have gone better (laughs) um and then the hair uh i gave a seven there wasn't a whole lot of of hair stuff but the the hair work they did on on uh hobo cheek dr strange like on his trip to katmandu (laughs) I, it, it looked pretty decent. Yeah. You know, the, the beard work, it, it looked pretty good. Yeah. I gave hair I gave hair a nine, largely because the, the Doctor Strange hair so easily could have looked so stupid, and they pulled it off. So. I don't remember it being that, like, outrageous or anything. Really? It's got, like, the super sharp angles and the goatee oh, and the... Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like the, like the white the, yeah, the, the white the white yeah. streaks, which are almost as good as as a uh, vision street clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I made it weird again. Yeah. So yeah, not, nine for hair for me is what I'm saying. <laughs> so I give hair an eight point one seven because you're right. The the Doctor Strange hair can look. It would be easy to screw it up. Yeah. And make it look ridiculous instead of just you know like ostentatious. Yeah. As if there's anything ostentatious about how he dresses. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That cape, though. Without his cape, he just looked like uh, like the Mortal Kombat characters, like Sub Zero. <laughs> He's got yes. a look. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I really like the locations. I did as well. Uh, yeah, I liked everything about them. Even like the ceilings and the walls had an mm-hmm. interesting texture in every single room. Interesting texture. The light fell on it. On an interesting way. I, I really appreciate that. And the props were all cool. All the different relics that they had. Very neat. Yeah. And I don't know where to put this, but there was a ton of breaking glass in this movie. This movie has more broken glass than all the other Marvel movies combined. I guess that would be props. Okay, because that's where I put the note. I get, yeah, I gave... <clears throat> props was one of the only perfect tens I gave to anything in the whole grid. Yeah. Largely because of the relics. There was just so much going on and so much uh, that just set it apart from other Marvel movies, but still made sense within this movie. Like, it was just really well done yeah. and had a, an interesting look and feel to it. Um, I do feel like we need to talk briefly about uh, the Cloak of Levitation. Okay. Because, really, I, I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't bring it up as part of the uh, secondary characters. <laughs> because it is very much its own character. That's yeah, true. that's fair. When we were watching the movie the first time, my wife leaned over and she's like, his cape is like carpet from Aladdin. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> um, even down to the, you know, emotion and personality that it exhibited, you know, yeah. like wiping away his his tears, and he's yeah. like, stop, stop it. It's like, but I just want to comfort you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I, I the 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 choice to do it may have seemed ridiculous at first, but like it definitely it was something else that was unique about Doctor Strange, and and also how they kind of referenced um, they you know like you're using the cloak of levitation. He's like, uh, yeah, it just kind of picked me. And <laughs> like, oh, that's well done. It's finicky. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it to as though it were like a it were its own creature. Yeah. And that was a. Uh, was neat. In the comics, it's just a, a case of, you know, like, he's got a big red cape that helps him fly. Yeah. Uh, I think we kind of mentioned this earlier, but I like how everyone had their own costume. Like, the ancient yeah. one had her style, which changed color every scene, <laughs> but was still the same suit, basically. Um, Magic pigments. Yeah. Um, all the people, uh, like, in the temple area that were training, they all had, like, a very similar look, but it was, each one was slightly unique. Usually the bad guys or secondary good guys are all just like, they're stormtroopers. They're all identical. Whereas this one, there seemed like there was a lot of detail in their, their costumes. That's fair. I absolutely yeah. agree. All right. Well, what was everybody's final scores then for aesthetics? 8.45. Very close to me. I had an 8.5. 9.2. All right. All right. So then that's going to bring us to impact on film. This one gets divided up into Critical impact, audience cult impact, and historical inspirational impacts. Um, I usually go first on this one, but if anybody wants to to jump in. I do not want to jump in. <laughs> now, you can go ahead and tell us what Dr. Tomato said. <laughs> All right, so I did. What did you get for question number one? <laughs> All right, well, for critical impact, I went to Metacritic, which I believe was a 72 if I am recalling correctly, which I just rounded down to a seven. Uh, and then audience cult impacts. Um, I think I just looked at the audience score on Metacritic for this one. Normally I do a little bit more um, comparing and contrasting, but Marvel movies, they're usually kind of the same. Um, and I think it was an 83 for audience. Okay. Um, so I ended up doing an eight for audience and cult impacts. And then uh, for historical inspirational impact, this one was kind of hard because uh, like it does so much within the MCU as far as introducing Doctor Strange and introducing a whole new world, introducing magic to the MCU, introducing a new Infinity Stone. Like it does a lot for the franchise, um, but didn't really feel super uh, new or historic or inspiring in any other way. Um, but I still gave it a pretty high score for everything it does with the MCU. And I gave it a six. Uh, and then so those three, Three uh, came out to an even seven for me as an average for impact on film. So that was my spiel. <laughs> Anything either of you want to add? Any disagreements or um, differences? Critical impact, I went with a 7.93 arbitrarily. I'm glad to hear that I'm not that far off. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty close. Um, I, As an audience member, I really enjoyed this movie for all that it added to the, the tapestry of the MCU. And then also with the stinger of, of Thor... You know, at the end, it, it showed, yes, Doctor Strange will be seen again before the next Avengers. Yeah. That was, that was exciting. It felt, it felt like they presented this character. This is his origin story. Now he's fully formed. Hey, he's going to show up. Yeah. He'll, he'll be around. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like so many other characters where it just kind of felt like we had to wait until their next movie. You know, if it wasn't Avengers, it was, you weren't going to see anybody else until you know the next time yeah absolutely uh, yeah and i don't really have anything to add to the historical inspiration like that what everything you said was very appropriate and i agree as far as what it adds to the mcu but outside of that bubble 
it doesn't really. Yeah. I do want to say that I think for the historical and inspirational impact, I think this is one of those movies where 10 years from now we could look back and say, wow, we underestimated this. Because this could just like open the doors to so many other things, um, just showing up in Avengers movies. Or, That's true. Or any other Marvel movie. That's fair. Right? Like you could just start the movie with like all these crazy things coming from all these different cosmic origins and different universes. And it's like, okay, I guess this is what we're doing this time. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so what were your total scores then for both of you? I got an 8.74. All right. I got what you got. <laughs> seven. Uh, seven. All right, so then that's going to bring us to the easiest and most fun category of the grid, and that's going to be overall enjoyment. So did you two enjoy this movie? Absolutely. I got a 9.56. I thought it was outstanding. All right. I also really enjoyed it. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, I think a lot of that's just because... There was a Pink Floyd song. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> no, a lot of that was the music and sound was really enjoyable, really different, really unique, very memorable. Uh, and the aesthetics were really great. I just liked it a lot more than I thought I would, too. Especially since there's just, like, just one person's story. Yeah. Although it did set up, uh, I don't know what his name is going to be. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to have like a new villain name at the end. Um, oh. In the comics, he was always just Baron Mordo. Yeah. So, he's Mordo. Well, I'm, interesting, I'm interested in seeing where that will go. Yeah, for sure. All right. I gave it, uh, gotta be a sourpuss again, I gave it a 6.5. Four times. Yep, yep. So, yeah, exceeds expectations. I would have gone, if this was not a Marvel movie, I easily would have gone into the 7 or 8 range. But for a Marvel movie, if I look at every Marvel movie, especially up until, you know, up until this point, as opposed to the ones that come after it as well, it was kind of like, and I don't know, there's others that I like quite a bit more. Um, so within that lens, I was like, I'll kind of put it at the lower end of Exceeds Expectations. Because I do really enjoy it. I like it a lot. I'll go back and watch it again. But there's a lot of other MCU movies I would watch first. So that's why I went with a little bit of a lower score. But I did enjoy it. Certainly I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected. Um, hence the Exceeds Expectations score, I suppose. Um, but yeah, 6.5 for me. All right, is there anything anybody wants to add for overall enjoyment before we give any extra credit? I think we've said everything to be said. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah I'm ready for extra credits. All right. Yes. <laughs> uh, I actually didn't have any extra credit for this one. Um, I just couldn't think of anything. So you two can can duke it out and see who's going to give extra credit first, I guess. You can go ahead. Uh, so <laughs> well, I have two was, points. That was an unimpressive duking it out. <laughs> yeah, we can be gentlemen. <laughs> I give it two points of extra credit. One, because uh, when they show Stan Lee on the bus... He's reading a book called uh, The Doors of Perception, which was a real book written by Aldous Huxley from okay. uh, Brave New World. Yeah. Uh, it's about a trip that he took on the chemical from peyote. Mescaline? Mescaline? Something like that. It's a real book. Uh, he took it, like, in the 50s. Um, and it just seemed like a very appropriate book for this movie because it's about how... He thought that our, our consciousness is limited and you need to throw open the doors of perception, which was from a poem written in the 70s. That's what that line comes from. 
according to Wikipedia. <laughs> it's not like I know this. Well, now I do. Um, uh, his, his idea was that you have to throw open the doors of perception, possibly using drugs or religion or meditation. Um, to, to, but in this case, drugs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, it just kind of fit with the whole trippy vibe and the, the special effects and the sounds and, and interstellar overdrive. <laughs> uh, it just really fit with everything. And I thought that was a, a nice, neat little, little touch. Little um, I did read a bit of trivia regarding that. Uh, them deliberately selecting that book to be the one that Stan's reading is when Doctor Strange first started publication in the in the sixties. Um, a lot of people thought that it, they were on drugs, considering all of the different yeah. things that they were coming up with, and like just the outlandish dimensions and and all this stuff. They're like these guys are tripping, but they weren't. I mean, Steve Ditko and Stanley were not on. Hallucinogenic drugs. I want to make that <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> So yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, people in the industry, and to a lesser extent, you know, the media thinking that it was just a case of these guys are tripping balls and writing crazy magic comic, you know, and they had a hard time trying to dissuade people of that notion. Um, so yeah, that that was why they had selected that book to be the oh. one for Stan to be reading in the bus. That makes sense. And the second point is because my hands! <laughs> <laughs> did you add that after I <laughs> Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm going to remember that for forever. It's right next to there's a snake in my boots. <laughs> my hands! <laughs> there's a fish in the percolator. <laughs> Um, so my extra credit, uh, <laughs> one point is for the sweet yellow gloves at the end, even though they don't have like the splotchy orangish red uh, spots that the, the comic gloves have. He still had the yellow gloves on to complete the ensemble. And I was like, oh! <laughs> fangirling a little bit. Um, also, when Kaiselius and his thugs are getting, you know, brought up into the uh, into the dark dimension, how they metamorphosed and, you know, they had their their eye became one red eye and their skin became all dark gray and yeah. their proportions were kind of bulking out. Um, that was a, a little nod to a type of character called the Mindless Ones. They're denizens of the dark dimension. They're incredibly powerful, but mindless. Like, they don't, they need to be controlled to do anything, but they are incredibly powerful. And seeing them kind of take on those forms, I was like, oh, you're mindless ones, that's so cool! <laughs> um, yeah, that and the fact that the 37-year-old, or 34-year-old Air Force captain with a spinal injury that was on the, oh, <laughs> yeah. was on the phone call, um, it kind of, I thought it was a fun little Easter egg to say, okay, this train or this car crash is happening in the aftermath of Captain America Civil War. Yeah. Because that is, you know, experimental armor, spine damage, you know, and it makes sense that they would call neuro, you know, a neurologist. Yeah. Dr. Stephen Strange for something like that. And yeah, just seeing the, the little possible connection that, that could have happened there if he had taken that instead of looking at the brain scan on the lady that got struck by lightning. Um, and then, you know, careening off the, off the cliff, but yeah. 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 That's a good point. That's my extra, extra credits. Yeah. I like how they do kind of weave these stories together. Just a little tiny bit here and there. Yeah. 
All right. Well, is there anything else either of you want to add, either for extra credit or, or the movie in general, before we give our total scores? My hands. <laughs> <laughs> and Pink Floyd. <laughs> you might just sound like an insensitive jerk. I didn't mean for it to come off like that. that that's the perfect way to say it. <laughs> Well, anything else anybody wants to add? Uh, no. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm good. All right, what are your total scores then? 88.56. All right. Outstanding. Fair enough. I got a 79 even. Ooh. By far the lowest on this one. Yeah. 71.28 exceeds expectations. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this nitty-gritty review of Doctor Strange. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe on iTunes if you don't already so you don't miss an episode or wherever you listen to podcasts. And the uh, next episode is going to be on Friday, which is going to be Tristan and I talking about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I'm very excited about that. I've been wanting to do that with Tristan since uh, we first started the podcast. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, be sure to like it and uh, like, subscribe review all that good stuff on itunes it's the best way to get the word out and get more people listening to the podcast thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time